All right, guys, welcome back to uh, Driving Life. Uh, this week, we got a great guest coming up, uh, Jeremy Sweeney, I'm freaking fast.com. You'll hear that in the podcast. Uh, that, the backstory between that is really cool. Uh, Davin Degalau is in the house with me, my co host. And we got Michael. Michael's got a mic today. Hi guys. Yeah, we wanted we wanted you guys <laughs> yeah. to hear Michael. I'm usually not on the mic, so this is new. No, yeah. but there's a, we got a little bit of story we want to share. Yeah, uh, with what did, Michael. So. Yeah, what did she do this week? Yeah, so tell us a little um, bit. Okay, well I can't say too much because technically I'm not supposed to be talking about the project, but I'll give you guys a little Shh. insight. We won't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> I I sh was shooting a music video yesterday, and they really didn't tell me anything. They just said, come on set, and you're going to be like this super cool, like bad influence. And I was like, great. I get there, and the director's like, so you have a license, right? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, like, what do you mean? And there was a 76. Yeah, 76. Plymouth Volare. Yeah. yeah. It was a beautiful green color. It was a, a beautiful car. And they were like, yeah, so you're going to be driving this. Um, I was terrified. I like have such a fear of driving. I get really nervous and, um, you know, whatever. So I had to drive the car with my eyes closed. I had to, um, so you had to do your first burnout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. One wheel burnout. I was so <laughs> scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified the whole time, but it was it was really fun, and the car was beautiful. So I would imagine that probably had a six in it as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it might have had a V eight in it, but a seventy six. I'm guessing it's probably yeah. It probably had one of their straight sixes. sixes I don't know yeah. the steering yeah. wheel. I thought it was gonna fall off because it was like loose. You know, it just kept <laughs> like turning. I'm and like, nothing oh. was happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit of play in here. It's nothing's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's called slop uh -huh. yeah. yeah, in the steering. There's a little bit of slop there going on there. So, yeah, that's um, that's cool. That's, uh, that's really, really cool. Yeah, that was my day yesterday. Yeah. So now you've got the bug. And, you know, we'll work on some more driving and get you <laughs> yeah. behind it. We'll get it. Got to get you into a stick. I was going to yeah. say, Mom said I have to learn how to yeah. drive that next because yeah. I already, tried. You've already driven it. I tried in a church parking lot it was empty and i killed it and i started crying immediately it's <laughs> like no, i never want to do that yeah. again yeah so we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get past that but that um that was a that was a good that was fun for me to get text messages and she's behind yeah like, you should have oh, come with me car. i know yeah. i wish i would have i know he was sending me pictures of it <laughs> yeah. as it was going on hey guess look at this like yeah. that's yeah. cool yeah it was a it was it was really cool so um Congratulations on all your thank you, thank success. You. I can't wait the for the video to come out. Yeah, we'll let you know when yeah. it's out. Yeah, as soon as it comes out, let us know and we'll mm -hmm. we'll put it up on the yeah. And the page now, and since you've got a mic, you've got to tell everybody your podcast too. Is we're doing uh, our opening yes. year for ours. So <laughs> I have a podcast. It's called Mornings with Mike. It comes out every Monday at nine a.m. Uh, it's all about entertainment. I have a lot of models and photographers and people in the industry come on and talk and. Also, just people in my life that I really, really love. So, yeah, yeah go so, listen. Yeah, you were you you were a guest on that, right? I was. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was just. Yeah, yeah, I was he just was my it. last guest. This this episode, I think, is going to come out. So it was probably like two or three weeks ago by the time this is out. But yep. yeah. yeah, can they find that on iTunes? Mm -hmm. like they iTunes, Spotify, yeah. yeah, all the same platforms. So go subscribe to your podcast <laughs> and driving life. Yeah. yeah, so you can listen to keep all it, of us. Keep it in the family. Keep it in the family. That's right. <laughs> totally. Everybody needs to go do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we got a lot of good stories today. This, uh, Jeremy, this was a lot of fun. It was, yeah, he goes way back with me, you know, yeah. a long, long, I mean, we were Un little kids. Unknowingly. Unknowingly, and yeah. then reconnected through driving, you yeah. know, um, and some stuff I was doing here locally in town. Yeah, and he's got some great cars, uh, some uh, special stuff here that we're looking at. This is, you know, this is what I love about what we're doing Um sitting in somebody's garage talking cars looking at cars wrenching on cars uh you know we were jeremy does a little bit of work and isn't afraid to get his hands dirty a little bit here and uh no yeah he's got a four post lift yeah. and everything and yeah he definitely has uh done some track stuff and works on them and wrenches on them and so uh some cool stories and yeah he's got 993 and then um, a newer gt3 rs and you'll, you'll hear some stuff about all that uh in this episode but How's your week been? It was it was good. Did you ever get the skid loader running? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> 
I guess we can just go funny story the whole thing here, <laughs> yeah. what happened. So everybody probably knows now that, you know, Domin's got a skid loader that I've been dying to get my hands on to drive it and uh, finally get a trailer, get it over there, get it to my property, which is about, uh, I went slow, you know, because I didn't have trailer brakes. So right. I to make sure that I made it there okay. But about 45 minutes away, get to ready to unload it. And like, oh my gosh, where's the key? <laughs> so I don't have the key. I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I put it in my pocket. And But I stopped for fuel at the Kroger. Nice plug for Kroger there. Because <laughs> the gas was so cheap. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, in White House, get Tennessee. The, get the points discount on Yeah, the they gas. got the points oh, yeah. discount yeah, there. Sure. And uh, I'm like, man, it, it's got to be there. Because I looked through my truck, can't find it. You know, it's nowhere to be found. Called Donovan and I'm like sweating bullets thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get a key made for this thing. He's like, no, no, I got another key. Okay, great. So, yeah, so I get to the to the Kroger Fuel Island, which there's like 30 of these things, well, right? And I, and I called the store too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I get there a little bit earlier. You know, Owen's not quite there yet. And I'm walking up and down looking for it. I'm thinking it's got to be here, right? You know, so I spend five or 10 minutes. I talk to the guy in the little cubicle thing and he's like yeah I went out and looked too couldn't find it and I kind of did a perimeter sweep you know all kinds of stuff and uh, so I finally get back in my car and I'm like well I'm here I looked for it you know I didn't see it whatever and then you pull up <laughs> it go there it is <laughs> he steps out of his car, car and says oh here it is right I here. drive straight to the pump I see it as I'm pulling around and there's somebody there fueling their car and I'm like there it is right there yep. and picked it up and thank goodness it was there and um I have not got to spend much time on it. I got it off the trailer. It's in my barn. Yeah. And I messed around a little bit yesterday um, with it. The weather we're having this week that we're recording this was a little, little, little wet. wet. And so I was going to really tear the grass up. So yeah. um, hopefully to get after it next week and really tear some stuff up. I'm excited about yeah. that. Oh, well, it's a lot of fun. You'll, yeah, I guarantee you'll have fun because I, I find reasons to go. Well, I told you, I instead of, you know, fixing my yard, I find I just you're destroy it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking for a reason to dig some up. My youngest is because the shed we're getting ready to tear up. They call it. He's calling it the Groundhog Hotel. And he's like, Dad, you getting ready to go tear up the Groundhog Hotel? I'm like, Yes, I am. <laughs> he's like, I want to be there with you. So he was. He didn't go with me yesterday, and so he was disappointed. And then I'm like, Well, it's too wet, so yeah. I'm going to wait till Monday. Of um, you know, looks like the weather's going to be a little bit better on Monday, and hopefully drier and. He'll get after it, and yeah. he can come watch me tear up the Groundhog Hotel. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I got to get a little bit smoother with it, though. It's, you know, when you're moving the joystick, but it's uh, it reminds me a lot of iRacing in a way, <laughs> driving that thing. Yeah, it's either on 100% or off. Yeah, it is. Basically, yeah. Yeah, there's like, not a lot of, I gotta be you got to be with really this. super light, you know, on the... Uh, on the joystick there to, you know, tilt or raise or whatever, but, uh, uh, you'll get the hang of it. Yeah. So, all right, guys, uh, hope everybody had a great mother's day weekend and, um, enjoy Jeremy here and, uh, obviously go like us on iTunes. Cause I thought, found that we're on there, you mm -hmm. know, driving life and, uh, subscribe comments, connect yep. at drivinglife.com and, um, uh, see us on Facebook, all that stuff, but enjoy Jeremy guys. Good stories here. And thanks for tuning in and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. See ya. See ya. All right, guys, welcome back to driving life. Uh, we've got our guest side of the episode. Uh, Jeremy Sweeney is with us today. Uh, I guess a longtime friend that we reconnected 30 years later in a way. So, by, from driving. Right. Interesting story. Yeah. Owen was a driving coach for a friend of mine, and we were at the racetrack in Barber, which had some funny moments of just laughs. Oh, Whenever yeah. I've been around Owen, we always get good laughs and <laughs> good times. But we were talking about our history in Franklin and friend being together, and it turns out we went to elementary school together at one point, and we were a year apart. But ironically, when I looked him up in the yearbook, this childhood yearbook, Owen and I were misplaced and we were in the same class side by side in this picture. So it was so odd to throw back 30 years later. I think I'd like a brown turtleneck on too or something terrible. Why oh, do you remember all those? I don't know. <laughs> I, or I didn't know. I didn't want it scales because I went to scales where my kids go now. Okay. And gotcha. yeah, they looked me up in the yearbook in like 82 and they're like, oh my gosh, dad, you had like, like a half, you know, cut 
turtleneck or whatever those things are. So, so terrible. I have a 15 year old daughter and the, the style is coming back like this full 90 style oh, yeah. that, you know, the jeans that we turned into goodwill, right. That, that <laughs> yeah. were like totally they're out going of to buy them now. back. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks for a pair of old jeans <laughs> from the nineties. <90s. laughs> well, that's uh, Michael, where do you typically shop? Uh, goodwill. A hundred percent. She's getting the genuine thing, you know, back from back in the day. But, uh, yeah, that's funny. So, 30 years down the line, you guys get back together through what our, you know, Owen and I, our, our passion is, is driving. Yeah, it was a funny story. I'll let Jeremy kind of elaborate on that. But, yeah, we reconnected with yeah, some so, guys so we here. were in the track. I had a 2007 Porsche GT3 and had a friend with, I'm not sure if he had the GT3 RS then or if he had the Cayman. But we were down at Barber, and Owen was, was uh, hired to be a coach for this gentleman. And I, I had uh, just gotten this GT3 and went out, and the only time I'd ever spun it on the track was that event. And, and I bought two new sets of wheels and two sets of tires, and um, I was telling Owen what happened, and I spun it, and, and I, I mentioned the name brand of the tires that I had. <laughs> and he said, there's your problem. But Owen invention, he'd recalled racing in a series where they had that same <laughs> brand tire. Yeah. So uh, we had some good laughs and just a you know progression of other events and, and local chances of hanging out and um, you know just good laughs and good times together. No, that was some funny stories that we had down there. Uh, Jeremy, kind of, I mean, where did your passion come from driving? I mean, we've we've talked to several guests and stuff, and I mean, where was the first time that you were like, "Gosh, I I want to." is it a Porsche or just sure, that's sure. a fast car and I want to get behind the wheel or I want to collect some cars, which you've got some great, great stuff here in the garage too. Oh, and I actually can pinpoint it and not necessarily driving, but the, I can actually pinpoint driving my, where that passion was ignited, but cars in general, I was going to see the Oakland A's play in the eighties with my uncle. And we were uh, first time I'd ever flown in the Nashville airport. And he bought me an automobile magazine. It was 89. So I was 13 years old. And uh, read it cover to cover and just, you know, fell in love with cars yeah. then. And, and after that, I was actually going to the Franklin Library and buying all the old car magazines, Road and Track, Car and Driver, for 10 cents each and reading those car, uh, cover to cover. Um, probably fast forward a year, I was on a, a church, I don't know, church trip down to Six Flags, Cincinnati. And the, like, the preacher's nephew had an 89 Mustang GT 5.0. And he's and I'm in the back seat. It's white with the red like uh, pinstripe down the side, red interior. And he's wearing a cul-de-sac, and he cuts a donut. And man, I'm just absolutely in love. Just <laughs> you'll either great, you'll either fall in love or hate it. Be done. Yeah, yeah, be right. done. Yeah, exactly. I don't want a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's such a uh, such a strong memory on those where you can pinpoint that location and what it felt like and oh, those feelings. Totally. Yeah, when you have that that passion. And, you, and maybe you don't know it yet, but as soon as that happens, it's just instant, and you're a fan forever. I think I feel like. No, yeah. I mean, you. Anytime you, I mean, I, I my dad raced and sure. I grew up around it. So as soon as I saw him race, since I was a toddler, I was like, man, that's what I want to do. So I have a 12 year old son, Truett, and and I've ignited that in Truett. And just going, hanging out with car people, going on drives. He went to the track with me for the first time here last year and did great. I mean, I thought he'd be bored and, you know, just wanted to be home, but he, he loved it. And so he's, it's almost now, you know, I kind of want to rest on a Saturday. And he's like, Dad, can we find some guys and go out on a drive or let's go somewhere and, you know, take yeah, one of the cars oh, and get that's, burgers. That's awesome because, you know, we're starting to lose a little bit of that for a while there, um, you know, where the, the car culture and the passion wasn't quite as prevalent with teenagers because i mean when i was that age you know when i when i got my license that was a rite of passage right and sure now, sure now a lot of kids don't even care it's like ah, if i get my license whatever i don't it's no big deal yeah they i mean truett knows how to drive a standard shift i think true does so yeah. so truett's driven everything every car i have or or well he didn't drive the mclaren but all this current stuff like we'll go out and find find uh, kind of corporate parking lots you know that are empty on the weekends and he drives and and he actually learned to drive a manual through like Forza Horizon. Yeah. He has a full oh, pedal yeah. and wheel setup. I bought him a really nice Fanatec setup for Christmas last year. But um, I would say most kids at 16, 17, most adults probably can't drive a manual. And true, it's great at yeah. it. Yeah, no, I'm seeing that a lot. Just some of the stuff that I've done in the past as far as some driving schools and that a lot of teenagers at the time, I mean, didn't know what a standard shift car, oh, yeah. you know, is. Well, and everybody's getting away from them, too. They don't. 
they don't make very many of them even sure. in sports cars uh you know they're i mean pdk's yeah. uh you know the d- dual clutch transmissions are so much faster and performance wise they're so much better um which is well, kind of a like, shame but it's I like love these the, two cars i mean the the new technology 19 rs with 500 horsepower and PDK. And then you've got a 95 that's manual and the manual, you know, the sound and the, in the heel and towing and, mm-hmm. you know, the manual downshifts. So it's a lot more engaging when you're driving. Yeah. So I, I see the, uh, the 993 here. Uh, what's sort of the backstory? Cause that's a fantastic car. And what, what's some of the backstory on this car? So I, I bought it from essentially TPC racing, which, um, I know. Mike, yeah. Mike Levitus, yeah. Mike Levitus out, out of Baltimore, back in 06, and they prototyped a supercharger kit for the 993 when it came out, which made it about the same horsepower as a turbo. And they'd done suspension mods, and I bought it and drove it on the street for a while, also did some track events, and just continued to improve it. But I talk to those guys sometimes, and they still remember that car. And it's, I've at times in my life, I've talked about selling it, and, and no one in my family will let me sell it. So no, I feel it's, like it's here for the long run. Well, we were talking the opening, I'm like, you you don't need to sell that car. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the thing looking at it now, because it's up on the left here in the garage and, and the thing I like about it, it's a beautiful car. It's gorgeous, but there's some rubber on it underneath there. Oh yeah. You know, it's been driven and that's, that's what it's all about. He drives it. I I should have in the opening, um, really called you Jeremy Swinney. I'm freaking fast. (laughs) Cause you still have that website, right? Uh, I did get it. I did <laughs> yeah. get it. Too. There's a story behind this. So <laughs> there it, it is, is uh, Ross's uh, poker run last year. That's right. So, <laughs> so Owen was, um, you were invited to the poker run. So that there's a, a yeah. team, Annie Rose poker run. That's a great charity event. Gets a lot of car guys together. And Owen was driving Ross's Ferrari. And, and which son did you have with you? I had uh, Brant, my had, oldest. I had yeah, Brant with you. There. So he, we, lo- he loves your, you know, the nine. He loved the it. Nine I remember. The GT3. He did. Yeah. It was great. He, 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 I'm, you know, no offense to you, but he kind of wanted to ride with me. I know. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. He's like, dad, can I, I'm going to ride with Mr. Jeremy. And you're like, just give him a break. I think Truett wants to ride with him. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were lining up and they, they had segmented the, the groups into probably eight or 10. And so we had our group leader and I was behind the group leaders in an Audi R8. There was, um, I guess I, I was behind the leader. Then there was Owen and the, we're getting coaching from our, our leader and he's talking to us. He said, Hey, um, you know, we're going to go easy on the interstate. But he said, once I get on these back roads, you, you probably can't keep up because I go freaking fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I just kind of rolled with it. I didn't say anything. Well, so, so then we, we hit stop two and Owen didn't keep up. I mean, he had a son with him. It was, it wasn't his car. Right. You know, he goes fast on the racetrack. And so he was kind of getting scolded by this guy, but you know that. Owen well, there was some guy that was in our group had an older car too, wasn't there? There was so so yeah. Owen to <laughs> to, was, to kind of keep so the group were, together. Yeah, because he was behind me. I didn't want to lose the group. It's like a no, it's like a no drop cycling. Yeah, I didn't want exactly to no leave. I wasn't gonna leave my behind. Right. Uh, so so it was so comical. The the guy said something about driving the Ferrari, and I said, ah, you know, it's a lot of power, and you know, it's okay to be intimidated. And the guy's like, yeah, it's okay. And, and Jeremy's filming this. It's actually on your Instagram. <laughs> I do. I have it. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so Owen, Owen, he's, he's laughing. I said, you know, you know, Owen, maybe you should try and do a track day. I said, they had beginner. You could get a coach. You could, um, oh, and, and Owen, awesome. Owen can't talk. He's so, so torn <laughs> up. He just started to lay. He's like, you, you, you think I could, you think, you think I could, you know, do that? I'd be okay. And so the guy's still scolding him. And then finally Owen says, I'm, I'm a race car driver. I'm a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like, there's no way you are. Well, he's, he's, he, then he, like walked he looked off. at him like, well, you're still really slow. Yeah. <laughs> then he walked off to Ross to go tell Ross the story. And Ross is like, what, Owen? Oh, he's so, fine. So, so we're, we are walking up to, it's a, it's a, we're getting a poker card for the raffle. Yeah. And the guy is telling the story about this race car driver that can't keep up. And he's like pointing at Owen. <laughs> so Owen, just like today, <laughs> we're laughing again. It was great. It was a great, it was fun times. It's good times yeah. for sure. Yeah. That that is, was, I'm glad I know that story. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you saw us for the send off for, yeah. for Ross's poker run last year. And so that happened on the first leg. It did. Yeah. When we were, and, um, and we, I think we were just randomly put together, which was great. Kinda yeah. Like no, we tried yearbook. to come in the same time. Yeah. But I think we oh, talked. Yeah. We, we tried coordinate. to like coordinate That's a little right. bit. Yeah. So, cause Brant did love the GT3 RS for sure. He's like, yeah, when can I go ride Mr. Jeremy's car again? Um, well, so Truett also to pat you on the back, as, as Truett said, well, how, how many of my friends have been in a Ferrari with a pro driver? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, right. So I said, you know, no one, zero. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't really 
He didn't get the short end of that stick by Not any at means. All. Yeah. Zero. No, zero. Truett loved it too. Yeah, but Brant wants to come back and ride in the in the GP3 Anytime, for, for sure. sure. Anytime. Weird. Um, I mean your passion for driving and stuff. And I mean, you work on the cars too. I, mean, I you're do. Not, you're I not do. just, I mean, where, where'd that angle come from for you? Just like, Hey, I'm going to work on your, your own stuff. Sure. So first car was a Honda civic 80, 88 Honda civic, which lasted until I graduated high school. And I took money from working two jobs and high school graduation money. And I bought a 91 Nissan 240 SX. And about two years later, I swapped in the Japanese motor. So in just reading about it, and it was like early stages of the internet, you found instructions. And that, you know, you couldn't pay anybody to work on it. So I just had to figure it out with other buddies that did wrenching. And that progressed from there to, uh, I actually owned two 97 Toyota Supras, which are now really yeah, sought yeah. after cars. Right. So I had kind of a Japanese bug, which expanded to Porsches later on. But, um, I do enjoy working on it. I, I feel like with life that, you know, wrenching on a car can kind of be like meditation. You know, what if you're in real estate or if you're in the investment finance world or, you know, as Ross said, you know, with driving, yeah. if you're a doctor, then, you know, getting out there, you know, for him getting on the racetrack, I mean, you that's all you think about, like whatever's going on from yeah. your, you know, your family or your business, then you're just disconnected during that time period. So driving is like that. Then also it can be working on a car too. Yeah, I mean, is that mainly, like, we were talking with uh, Dr. Ross, like, he doesn't play golf, or, I mean, is this the hobby for you? Is it there, is, for is sure. It? So, I, I, early on, I played a little golf, but golf's just not my thing. I mean, it'd much rather be on the racetrack or, you know, something that's moving in action. No offense to those golfers out there, yeah, but yeah. it's not my no, passion. I mean, I, we, we went to the Masters last year, so. yeah. Well, we weren't playing, so no, no, <laughs> no. But you were there, and I was there, so yeah, we we but had, so we had just, fun. Yeah, the universe brings us together. So I know, ironically, the only time I've ever been to the Masters was last year, and and Owen was there essentially the same time. Yeah, we were texting each other. I'm like, hey man, and he's like, oh hey, I'm at the Masters. I'm like, I am too. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we were in Augusta. Like I was at a house party, and I think you. Were like we also had a house, house party, party too. Yeah, like, so we, were, we we didn't connect. We, but we didn't, were close. Yeah, we were close. Yeah, because at the Masters, you can't the listeners. You can't take any cell phone in. That's right. Or some, so and no technology, so it was tough for us to try to connect. Hey, we're going to be at this point at so-and-so time, which that didn't happen. So so it, it's actually the world's largest payphone bank, and they're, they are utilized. So yeah. there's no cell phone, no camera. But people, you know, in the old school, old school payphones, right, putting your quarter in and, right. you know, calling, checking in. We're going to meet at the oak no, tree, tree at 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And the beer prices are still cheap there. Oh, yeah, the beer and the food, you yeah, name it. it what what a good. great experience. It was. And to see Tiger win also, to be there for that comeback. And to yeah, see did Tiger you stay play. for Sunday, too, or did you? Uh, we did not, but we, on, on the practice tee, I guess that's the correct term. Okay, but, yeah. So we were there when Tiger was there, and, and your, um, they kind of pulled like a soft rope, as you know, before yeah. the the, um, the first tee. And so Tiger, you're, you're you know two feet from Tiger, and he's completely zoned in, doesn't look at you. Others are high-fiving and. You know, yeah, he's like, I'm not paying you attention. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool because we were there on that Saturday, so we got to watch. We followed him a little bit. Oh, that's great. When he made this kind of run up their leaderboard to, to get in contention for Sunday there. So, so what's that like? I mean, the the crowd trying to shuffle through that because it's not can't be easy. You know, what's it's that pretty like? easy. Is it really? Yeah, uh, it, they've got it down there it, really good. They do, and and so the the gentleman that might brush your shoulder the night before, and you know kind of give you a hard look that same guy at the masters in my opinion completely cordial sir i'm so sorry sorry oh, to bump really. into you i mean it, it's everyone is on their absolute best behavior yeah because they, they run such a tight ship there too if you get you know say you've got a badge from somebody say donovan had lifetime tickets and i have and i've got the badge and i go off and do something wrong that right. you're gonna lose that badge forever i mean it's like right and right. done I, i've heard they actually use facial recognition too so yeah. if you're oh really you know so it's completely monitored all the time yeah but it's a great event for everybody that has not been go to a practice round and you know check it out for sure because it's a you know unbelievable the elevation change you talk about racetracks and watch it on tv then you go to a, a racetrack or go to a course like that it's just you get to feel the all the elevation that yeah, it's got. The, the camera tends to flatten Everything, everything, out. yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really cool. So well, yeah, even from the aspect of just walking it as a fan, you see, you know, how much elevation change you had. You're constantly going up and down, and the shots they do, it's just really unreal. 
yeah. and the level of skill, much like the race car driver, right? That no, takes it is, the study yeah. and the practice and, you know, being on your A game. Yeah. When you don't practice, it shows. I went out and played or walked nine holes this morning and it definitely showed I have not played in a long time. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back on my game for sure. Um, Jeremy, you've been kind of, when we talked to, to Ross and some folks around here, you know, you did some HPDs and then now you've kind of sure. tailed off a little bit though, but I mean, when did you start the HPDs? And I mean, I've, I've been around you enough when I was coaching John and doing some things that, I mean, you're pretty quick, you right, know, for, right. I don't want to say amateur, but just, you know, a weekend warrior type sure. type person. I mean, what's the reason that you tailed off a little bit, you know, at this time? So initially it started with autocross. So I did autocross back in, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And it was interesting. The autocross mindset was, you know, you either want to be full throttle or full braking, <laughs> right? And Owen taught me that's not the fast line. No. There's many cases where you, it, it, it lear I learned so much. I'm a quick learner. Uh, I feel like, so just absorbing things from Owen and what he says and watching, you know, videos while he's coaching others. But I started HPDEs. You really rev up where, I mean, it's, it's so addictive that first few times and you're, you're kind of chasing that same high. So you're going from street tires to race tires to suspension to, you know, trailers to going to distant tracks, new experiences. And a little bit of that kind of gets exhausting because your, your whole life revolves around, you know, eight or 10 weekends a year and getting the car ready. So uh, I think there's a little bit of burnout that happened and then, you know, we, we kind of developed almost like a snowball, a crew of eight or 10 guys that went to all the events together and they slowly fell off and uh, kind of fell off with them. So, um, and at the same time, our kids are getting older and I'm really embracing time with him as a daughter, with them, daughter is 15, son is 12. Um, but in Truett, going back to the um, going with me to the racetrack was a, was a huge breakthrough that like, man, I can go with this guy, right. you know, drop him off at the tower and he can do some filming. Yeah. Um, you know, just let others know that I'm, I may be at the track with that my son's going to be here, you know, keep an eye on him. So, so I feel that picking back up and, and I'm excited about in a few years doing some events with Truett, you know, three or four years yeah. when he's, when he's eligible. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. That's like a, that's like a dream come true. Absolutely. You know, for a father and son to have your son get interested in that and then, do it together sure so i have a a friend that's his son uh two sons they both race carts and he's built true at a cart which we were going to start the season the season much like your yeah. race season's been delayed but we were going to start going to some track event or going to some karting events and in shelbyville they do races oh yeah there's a uh, that's where uh brant did his first race he did car, yeah two years ago okay down there. so that's a great great track um the facility needs a little bit of update but i mean the track itself is really good so i, I did autocrosses back there 15 oh did years you okay ago, I, I would say and, and Trit and i drove by it we were out that way maybe a month ago and you can see that they've had a fire and it's deteriorated yeah but i'm kind of excited about you know his own skill set of developing that and we'll talk more about it i didn't know that brant was doing racing yeah well he did i mean we did um the race there this is two years ago he hasn't done anything since then but in that that same span, we went up and did a race at NCM because the karting club used to run at NCM. Sure. They don't anymore. And then it's kind of tailed off a little bit for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, going to force it mm -hmm. with them. I'm just going to let them sort of naturally. If that's mm -hmm. what they want to do, then great. But I'm not, not going to be the dad that's like, okay, this is what I do for a living. You're going to do this. You know, I'm going to push you towards this. Because the, the world's changed a little bit as far as the racing, you mm -hmm. know, how – expensive it is for one sure and I understand that and try to you know get them to a certain level is going to be really tough for me right uh, to make right. that happen for them but uh, if that's something they want to pursue we'll make it work but they've got to want to do it I don't want them to you know just do it because I'm back here like oh I see dad do this that's what I need to be doing they need to choose their own road so how was that for you as a kid what was your did your dad really push you in that direction or did you really catch the fire around that and then you know want to continue I'd say for me, I really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I saw him, I mean, I was just, you know, born around it and just saw, you know, what he was doing and that's what I wanted to do. And completely like he saw that, uh, that same passion for it, uh, for driving. So I wanted to really go that way. Yeah. You get the wheels. I gotta, I gotta have money yeah. for beer and those wheels. So Fiat was great. And then I, I was close to graduation and had a friend that had a, his dad was into Toyota Supras, and they 
they didn't sell that many Supras in the late 90s, and now it's become a cult car. So he had a Royal Sapphire Pearl, which is a blue-purple mm-hmm. Supra, and sold it to me for like 22 grand. So I had that for three or four years, sold it for probably 23. It was a fantastic car. It's the first experience of, of uh, you know, 400, 450 horsepower, reliability, didn't blow it up, um, you know, good times. Yeah, great car. I have a buddy of mine from high school that I probably haven't seen since high school, but we, you know, stay in touch on Facebook and, and sure. whatever. He's an orthodontist in uh, Iowa now. Um, he's got a couple of Supras that he'll probably hang on to forever. Amazing um, cars. Yeah, fantastic. He's got a green one that I think is a little, um, the color may be a little rare, but um, yeah, just those that year of Supra was, or those years, I guess. Were phenomenal. Have either Highly of you driven under. the new Supra? I have not. No, I have not either. I've seen those at dealers, but I want to go test it out. Yeah, yeah. and it's coming back as a GT4 car too. So I don't know if eventually we're going to be racing against oh, yeah. it in uh, an IMSA competition or not. But I know there's been talk of it at some point. But I know it's going to make a. Well, was that didn't they have it at Daytona? They had a. They had one on display. Yeah, I think display maybe car. somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think and it's they were got talking a, about that. Is it a V6 twin turbo? I think is what's in there. Uh, it may be an inline six. It may be an inline six, six. maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's the BMW. With, yeah, so it's inline six. Yeah, the, then, the yeah. last generation Supra, I guess the last two were Toyota inline sixes, sixes. which are so yeah. bulletproof. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting that there was so, so much hype about the Supra coming back, but I don't see those on the road. It, it's, you know, it has this cult car and everyone's waiting for the Supra to come back after, you know, almost 20 years and then they're not selling again. At least my perception. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen any on the street. I haven't either. At least not that I've noticed. And not, not that we've been doing a lot of driving here lately. Well, that's true too. But, but even before that, I mean, I remember it was big, you know, in the motorsports side, you know, PR wise. Hey, sure. the Supers coming, GT4. Yep. But I'm not really seeing one on the on the street at all. So Donovan, when you pulled up today, I noticed the wheels on your car. Yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got these old Sparco Oz wheels on my car. These OZ wheels and. I did it specifically, so I'm just driving, my daily driver is just my little uh, Volkswagen, which was about the only car I could find with a stick in it, um, Jetta, and I did that specifically because it reminds me of these Group C rally cars from, you know, back in the back in the day, and, you know, immediately, Jeremy, you knew exactly oh, what they love. were and where they were yeah. from, and that's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I did it, so that I could see who would know sure, what they were. Sure. Uh, so it's really fun to come across guys when I when I'm parked somewhere and somebody'll, you know, point it out and be like, dude, I like the wheels. It's the old group oh, C man. stuff, you know, whatever. It's really cool. And it's so different than the wheels today. Yeah. Than the you know, the oh, consistent yeah. look that you get. It's like they had the blades, you know, yep. on the Which is I, I assume for brake cooling. It was I guess it, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Um was, I mean, not before my time, but before I was really racing a lot. So, Owen, going back to karting, so you started at karting, and if I remember correctly... On, are, are you asking the questions or me? <laughs> am I not, not allowed to do this? No, you can't. I'm curious. Can't. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you, did you tell me once that at 18 you were running a prototype at Daytona? Uh, I think 20. So, this was 1996 or 95, somewhere in there. At one point, I did, you know, held the record for the youngest start, you know, the youngest person to start. You know, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, and I think I was, yeah, I was 20. So how, I think I was freshman in college, wow. maybe. How was that experience? Unbelievable. I bet. And right. and from that point on, I've just been, you know, going ever since then. Sure. IMSA and stuff. So that was really cool. I mean, to kind of get to a point and, you know, continue down this road that I wanted to, to go down. I mean, it it's you know, what you dream about in sure. Daytona was, you know, still a crown jewel to me. That's the race to win. Right. And the track that I have not won at yet. That's one of those ones that it's kind of hanging out there that I need to, to try to make it happen at some point. So, um, we'll see. I still got some years left. So when, when you were 20, how fast was that prototype car? So I think it, we were close to 200 as we come into turn one there. So that was uh, no down for, you know, flat bottom prototypes. That's when they, Basically, not not the Group C car, but kind of like that, where they just basically took the tops off of them. Sure. Um, some of them. And so this was um, an old Chevron um, car that had been modified to run the World Sports Car WSC mm-hmm. regulations at the time. So it was open cockpit at Daytona. But, yeah, close to 200 miles an hour with the, with the five-liter Ford push rod V8, I think is what it had in it. 
It, but it was fast, lightweight, but not much downforce. I mean, it had some, but sure. no, no aero effects underneath like you saw in the Group C stuff. Because right. those cars were unbelievably fast. So you really had to drive that car. Oh, yeah, you had to drive it. Yeah, yeah really hard. And you know, it would move around and slide around, and but a lot of fun to drive. And so I got to do that for a lot during that season. Got to drive several different prototypes. And now I'm, you know, basically a, a tin top guy or carbon guy. Now I'm a, a sedan driver <laughs> I think. So, in, in, in the, in my Camaro this year. But which if I remember correctly, two years ago, were you considering retirement that you were considering leaving sports car racing? I don't think I was, I mean, you never say, Hey, I'm going to be retired, but the way, like we talked about my son's trying to get involved in the sport and sure. how expensive it is at the time, I, you know, at end of 17 and, and Joe Catania and Sarah Catania, who I drove for at CRG for gosh, years. Uh, and, uh, since 13, I think I drove for 14. So 14, but I'd been on and off coaching her since 2009 and, uh, and some other teams and stuff. So I'd been paired with Sarah for a long time that they came to me halfway through the year and said, Hey, we're, you know, we've got some other things we want to do. Sarah was going to get married, you know, the following year. And, and, uh, so they, they gave me an opportunity and said, Hey, we're going to let you know now. Um, so you can kind of go find some stuff, which was, I was so grateful at the time that they did. Sure. And that sure. that's put me in the position where I am now at team TGM. And then, um, I don't know if I considered retirement, but that's why I went off and that's where I met Donovan in the real estate world and, mm-hmm. you know, tried to lease, lay the foundation for a second career for me because I got, you know, I got two miles to feed right, at, at home right. and got to take care of them at the same time. So that's where that all, you know, started from, you not say I never would retire. Right. It's not, right. I, I mean, hopefully it can be on my terms, but sometimes it may not be on my terms. And then obviously in 18, it leads us to the championship. So sure. well, it turns out really cool. Yeah. But that worked out really well. Cause I remember that conversation when you came into the office and, you know, as a motorsports fan, we, obviously yeah. hit it off right away and you know the conversation of you know this is i'm not out of racing but as i transition and you know look down the road and that kind of and that's the beautiful thing about real estate you can still do it while I'd you're still racing. doing it yeah i'm still doing it uh, <laughs> yeah and then what i don't know a month later uh you come back and you're like oh hey we've got a little change of plans here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right cool so now i get to start following you around the you know united states it's a and, win-win i feel like yeah and then that whole thing with the championship that was phenomenal oh it's just yeah unbelievable and um yeah i mean couldn't script it any better you know to leave to kind of go as they interviewed me at the end of 18 at atlanta uh shay adam who does all the pit reporting for emsa radio you know you basically we ended road atlanta with sarah's career with a win in 17 which was unbelievable for her Mm -hmm. to go off in the sunset and win that race we ended up second in the championship in 17 for her so that was really cool you know, we finished second that year. We come back in 18, and Shay starts the interview after we sealed the deal in 18. You go jobless after you win the race in 17. You don't know what you're going to do the next year. And then you come in 18 and win three races and the championship. And so you went second and then first in the championship. And so that was, that was really cool. I couldn't put a couple of years together like that. It's just, you know, and we're yeah. still on a ride. You know, I'm still at the same team, and we're still pushing forward. And we got that championship in 18, but we're, we're going to get, we're looking for more and you know it's going to keep going for a long time. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Tritt and I were on a Porsche drive last year and it was one of the races, races you won. Your co-driver finished, uh, but we were watching you on the phone. You know, yeah. He stopped and watched the race. and just awesome racing. Oh, is it action. Lime Rock? Yeah. It was Lime yeah. Rock yeah. We exactly. won that on fuel mileage. Yeah. Cause I got the pole yep. there and led a bunch of laps yep. and then, uh, we pulled it off with uh, with the strategy from Joe Vardy, which I've got his shirt on right now here, by the way. So he looks oh, like uh, Bert, he looks like Burt Reynolds, you know. So I thought it was Burt Reynolds. Earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah, it looks like Burt Reynolds. But uh, Joe Vardy's our strategist and uh-huh. and, and uh, engineer at Team TGM, and so yeah, I thought we were going to be on some, you know, our YouTube channel maybe today. So that's why I wore uh, Joe's shirt today. I but, love one yeah. didn't. Didn't you last year celebrate that? I thought I saw a we did, yeah. stash on you thing. at one point mm-hmm. there, yeah. No, we did. So I had the stash, and that was the – so, granted, we didn't have a, a great season. Maybe it's like after you sort of – I went for a couple of years having fantastic seasons, and we, we had the most polls and all that stuff, and, uh, and we had a win. So, I mean, you can't say it was terrible. But championship-wise, we just kind of – you know, we made some mistakes. I did personally, and, you know, you sort of learn from those. And so we were – kind of yeah end of 19 we got to celebrate something and so we 
I grew the stash out and showed up. It's kind of a funny story. So I show up the week of Road Atlanta. So it had been four, four or five weeks since we'd seen the team. We ran at Laguna Seca. And I show up with like a lumberjack beard. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh my gosh, hey, lumberjack. Well, the whole thing was we had these shirts made. So race day morning, I go to the driver's meeting still with the beard. I'm in the shower, or not the shower, but the restrooms there at Road Atlanta with my dock kit and like a trim kit to get it at least trimmed out. Cause it was like, painful, wait, sure. it was so going to be super <laughs> painful with the razor. I'm like, man, this is going to hurt. I had to take my shirt off cause I was going to make a mess. And so I'm, and we sent Joe off to go talk to somebody. Hank went to go talk to the Corvette guys. Uh-huh. Cause also we made the switch from AMG to, to Chevrolet this year. And so he was gone for like 30 minutes. I was like, oh, it's good. He's going to be gone for a while. So I go in the bathroom and all these racers, like the guys I know are like, what, what are you doing? Like, I've got my shirt off. I'm trimming this. Kind of odd timing. Odd timing, yeah. Like, like we just come out of the driver's meeting, now. and now you're like, you're going to shave? What are you doing? And, like, and all of a sudden, then it's like we do the fan walk, which allows the fans to, to come down on pit road, which is really cool, and get close to the drivers and stuff. And so we, Joe comes back, and I get, make it back in time and leave the stash. And, uh, you know, we have the, the Coca-Cola he's got and kind of had the hat that he's got on and – he comes up and he's like, at first he thought he was getting fired. He's like, is this my last race or something? Or y'all don't know something about me that I don't like, no, no, no. This is just to have a little bit of fun. Everybody had the shirt on. And so that was a really cool way to, to end so, the so year. He, and he took it as a, like a going away party. Right. right? First <laughs> he was kind of, in, he was in shock. He was like, Oh my gosh. But it was pretty cool. We, we led that race too. And uh, a bunch of it. And uh, I think I had an interview with NBC and I said, you know, hopefully the Joe Vardy stash takes us home to victory, which we should have won that race. We ended up third had a caution at the end, you know, knock us out. But that was, that was a really cool, cool time, even though we didn't, you know, championship wise, we were out of it, but to have that race, you know, get on the podium and and do that for Joe, because he's meant a lot to me, you know, in my career. And I've been happy to drive for him and Ted the last couple of years. Sure. From the Instagram post and your stories, it's like a great team, a great camaraderie. Oh, they are. time together. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the co-drivers there, you know, I drove with Hugh, Plum the last couple of years mm-hmm. and we won the championship together and now we got Matt on board his brother and Matt and Hugh are driving together and I'm driving with Ted this year but it's it's great I mean we have a good uh, dialogue between all four of us and with Joe Vardy and everybody on this team and we just pulling in one direction and so we've got some goals out there we set some goals you know Ted's never had a championship and we got that done in 18 and we had the most polls last year and I think our you know our thing to do this year if we get back to racing in 2020 or whenever that is, if it's in 2021 is to get him a win personally, he's not, never been in the car, you know, to get a win. And that's, that's a goal that we've got out there to, to get that done for him. Donovan, have you watched any of the, the iRacing that, oh, yeah. that's been going on? Yeah, we've been, we've been talking about that quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't think I would dig it quite as much as I do. Um, you know, and it's, what I think I like about it is, you know, there's so much competition there, but they're all just having a, a lot of fun. I, I've been watching the NASCAR one. I watch, you know, yeah. Owens with the Roush and some of the IndyCar stuff, you know, if I can catch it when it's on and that kind of thing. And it's just fun to watch these guys, like, having a, having a good time. That's right. You know, just really just really getting out there. And, I mean, they're competitive. I mean, it's you know, you can't take the competition out of somebody like that. No. Um so also the skill crossover, which, oh, yeah. which is a different animal, even with a, of course, a wheel and pedals, but to go from the feeling of the car moving yeah. around or what's actually happening yeah. to, you know, that you, you don't, even if you have a, a motion set up, it's, it's not fully simulating yeah. the G's that you would get in a real car, but that, um, that skill set translation has just been phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's been interesting to watch. I mean, the biggest thing is in, I'll just tell what tire you're on because they're not a supporter of mine. Is you're on Nittos where you had that well, conversation. <laughs> so, I mean, so, I don't, so that, that's the one and only time I ran the Nitto. So yeah. then I switched to Hoosier after that. Yeah. So yeah, you went me. back to to the good side. So being on Nittos is what I like. I racing's being on it some sometimes because and you've driven enough, Jeremy. Is that the peak of the tire like in I racing is up to a point, and right? And it's like it completely like you either lock up getting on the entry of the corner under, under braking or if you can't get the car sideways at all. If you try to correct it, the car is pretty much gone. Right. But you've been on the track enough that you can c- sort of control a Absolutely. slide. You Absolutely. know, in real life, in the virtual world, it's very you tough. You can't, right. And, I mean, Nitto would be kind of 
sure. those tires to use in the real world. <laughs> That's why you spun so much that day. Uh, one time. <laughs> Come on, so much. It's a one so and much. only time. The one and only time. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was after that. So that that event, I brought the Nittos and the Hoosiers, and so I was putting the Hoosiers on, and so I never went back. Hoosiers and then Pirelli slicks, yeah. which I still preach, whether it's a street car or a track car, race car, race car, the tires make all the difference, like new tires, totally. best technology, you know, age tires, used tires, it's just not worth it. No, and that's what I, I mean, you, you've been through this process a little bit, I mean, to some of our listeners, maybe thinking about making the jump into HPD, I mean, what would be some of your, you know, first, like, don't do this, this is what you need to do, type deal. But so... You know, any type of coaching, if you could afford a coach, if you could, you know, get coaching, uh, track time, I'd say track time definitely beats mods. So people I think are, yeah. you know, want to do this exhaust or a tune or let's put the suspension kit on. But um, it's really learning. It's, it's um, you know, driving on the track is very different from driving on the street and, you know, just learning car control, not, not uh, moving up too fast, not relying on mods. Yeah, that's, um, you see that a lot where the fast guys, you know they're faster than the guys that pour a lot of money into their car. Absolutely, yeah, because it's it's yeah. not necessarily about the car. It's that you got to you got to drive it first. You got to be able to drive it. That's period. right. No, you do. I mean, there's some funny videos out there of that stuff, especially in the HPD world, right? Of those videos. Um, I mean, you're from here. I am too. I mean, the reason we kind of started this podcast is sort of get to the car culture, you know, sure. underground of what we feel like Nashville is and. You're in the financial world. I mean, what's kind of changed, I mean, in the last 10 years here? What, I mean, it's like on a boom. I mean, the cars and coffee that goes on in the Cool Springs area has almost gotten too big to right. some degree. I'm not saying that's wrong or anything. I'm, so I'm in agreement. It, it's I actually get claustrophobic, and then you, you know, just so many people, and you see burnouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, kind of out of control. But, I mean, it's just on a boom. Like, we were growing up, this – there was really nothing. I was, I mean, I, I was, was sort of so rare I was an to see odd an person car. to be racing in some degree. You That's know? right. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, it's kind of common. It is. It, it, well, the wealth, I mean, there's so much wealth that's moved to this area, which Franklin back, if you go back 30 years, was not like this at all. It was a relatively small town. I mean, it, we didn't have the industry, didn't have mm -hmm, manufacturing, yep. didn't have, you know, healthcare USA. So a lot of wealth has come here. And, and I think Tennessee will continue to thrive due to our, no state income tax, our low property taxes. So the demographic is is great. And you look at someone that's that's coming from California, and you know what yeah. could you what could you buy for eight hundred thousand or a million dollars, and they're just blown away. And then not to pay a ten or thirteen percent um, state income tax on top of that. There's so many positives. So it's brought a lot of great people here. The uh, there's definitely you know there's still there's still a passion around cars. I think it maybe it is fading with with the a certain degree with the younger generation. But if you do go to cars and coffee. There's a lot of 15, 16, 17 year olds that are, that are all about it. For me personally, it's, it's, um, it's been good for client acquisition. So I've met a lot of great clients that, you know, I normally wouldn't cross paths with being at the racetrack or being on drives. Well, I, that's always the, that's the best part of it for me is the people. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I love to look at the cars of course, but it's, it's usually the personalities behind it. That is what makes it fun. Uh, you know, for me is going out and meeting people and just hearing the conversations. This is why we're doing this. Right, absolutely. You know, specifically why we're doing this is because we want people to understand what this culture is like and what it, what, you know, what you can get from it. Because um, it's just so much fun. The, the people are amazing. But, and so, so I found, you know, at an HPDE or even a drive, and I do some drives locally with different guys where we'll meet up. It's, it doesn't matter what you do for a living or your background or where you live. It's, it's, the conversation is all about cars. It's about, you know, these wheels that you have or what tires are you running or, wow, this is what the new, you know, this BMW looks like. Or I love these, you know, E30 BMWs. It could be a variety yeah. of things. So it's just, it's just car conversation and true passion around yeah. it. So what, uh, when you were doing HPDs, you had um, not the current RS that you've got here. What, was, what made the change there? What, what motivated you to? To, to sell the standard, I think you just had a regular GT3. I did, yeah, it had, yeah. had an 07 GT3, which turned out to be a really fast track car. It was I really ran, quick, yeah. yeah. I ran like two 14s at NCM yeah. in it. So it, um, and really just, you know, kind of following Owen around again <laughs> and then talking to him about different things. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, trying to follow him around, right? And, yeah. and it, he's not driving at, at race speeds, but just picking <laughs> up the things that, that I could learn from him. Um, 
it was a great car and I really miss it. So I miss manual and, and I did, I, I actually used TPC. I talked to TPC racing and, um, because I'd bought the, the red 993 from them and they, they told me, yeah. you know, this, this is the spring rate you should use. And this is, this is our DSC shock controller and these are the alignment settings and uh, basically set that car up based on their recommendations. Uh, it was a fantastic car. I, I really ran out of garage space at the time. So I, I, so there's, there are, there, there are four cars in here now, but I actually had five at one time in a three car garage. And it just wasn't getting driven, but but I do miss it. So I find myself looking again at um, you know like that generation GT3. What year was that again? At 07. 07, 07, 07 yeah. So nine nine seven GT3. Okay, yeah, it was a really cool car. I liked it. It's all I mean all white, and all white, just real clean. Yeah. You're making me car. miss it. I so said the, the the RS gets no love now. I, know. <laughs> I like the RS. I, I like that putty color. That yeah, no, it's uh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so I did, and, and this is, I kind of went down the same path with the last GT3 with that 07 is you're like, well, you know, I've got another track car. I'm going to try it and just see how it is on the track. Yeah. Then once you have it on the track, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to bring it back to the track. So I tracked this last year, but now I'm ready to track it some more. And this, you know, I run just like when you were teaching at the Porsche school, you're not running full race tires on it, but you're running yeah. like the, mm -hmm. the, the Michelin, uh, the sport, yeah. cup, sport, sport cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this, I've actually switched to the, the Dunlop race max. Oh, how do you like these. those? Uh, so I haven't tracked it with that yet, but the, what I found is that the, the sport cup twos were amazing when they were new, they were terrible. If it was less than 50 degrees, you basically couldn't drive the car. Yeah. And then there was a lot of tread left, but they just had no grip. It was like you're driving on wood. So I read good things about this and I've read that they're sticky basically all the way down to the cords. So not, you know, not that I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just want to try something else. So I'm going to try this. That's cool. Um, I got to ask, I mean, cause I don't think I've ever even asked you this question. It's not car related whatsoever. Sure. But Elvis, you've got the Elvis tags on a lot of your cars. I mean, with uh, the passion for that type of music or what Elvis, you know, yeah, so, so, all you about know he, during that, generation or genre of music he's probably the only person that i follow but just had a, a friend that that uh, was was into elvis the um some of his good friends were were this guy named jimmy velvet who actually at one time lived in the connecting neighborhood here and jimmy velvet was the world's largest collector of elvis memorabilia before he basically lost it all um, but then just starting to follow Elvis's history and, you know, where he came from and, you know, how he re redeveloped himself multiple times from the fifties to the movies to really the comeback there. And he loved cars, yeah, loved cars, car motorcycles, yeah. you know, it was all about it. Just a fascinating story. So, and it's, I have a Elvis Spotify playlist with probably 25 songs, which I think he recorded like 700 it's enormous, like how much that guy, maybe thanks to some of the chemical help that he had, right, <laughs> to so keep going. Do you find that that's an interesting topic too, I guess, is, you know, what is that what you listen to when you drive? Because uh, I, I, I tend to either be all in on music and, and driving to relax, or I just don't do anything at all. I just drive without. So the a lot of the driving i do now is is with truett my son so truett loves loves drives and uh, we listen to no music nothing yeah. i mean just the loud exhaust and you know mm -hmm. the, loss, the exhaust can never be too loud like we want it to always be louder and the other cars <laughs> and the sounds and the pop and you know maybe a scrape or yeah the shifts so we're we're if you're really driving like if we're going to get burgers in nashville we listen to music but if we're driving in the back roads you know no music and there's yeah. something magical. I, I, like I so said, we have, you know, the electric car here with the, the Tesla, which are the technology. It's just next level from stopping at stoplights and the, the, the driver assistance systems. Um, but no sound, you know, no sound. And that whole mechanical aspect yeah. is gone. Yep. You're the second person that has said that now. It's, it's a great car. The engineering's phenomenal. It lacks a little bit of passion, right? So, it's just not engaging. So we, we actually took it to NCM. So I went to NCM, um, maybe it was really probably the last NCM is the, the track in Bowling Green at the Corvette Museum, probably their last event before quarantine happened. And so Trude and I went up, we took the Tesla, we charged it at the, well, actually we stayed the night before and we stayed at a hotel nearby that has a charger. So we went to the track at hundred percent charge and it lasted about eight minutes. Because I pushed it so hard, I completely boiled the brakes. Oh, it completely did. boiled the brakes. 
But and if I didn't have it, has it has um, regen braking where it uses the mm-hmm. motors to brake, and, and we had that turned to all the way up, and that's what I was using. But there's there's I think it's on Instagram, maybe it's part of my story. Um, but I could keep up with GT3s for five minutes until everything was like red. The batteries were red, the motors were <laughs> red, the brakes didn't work. <laughs> and I said, yeah. it's you know, racing is not going electric anytime soon. Like there's no way. Right. It's not. It's just not possible. Can't last twenty four hours that way can't last 24 hours yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just not i mean it's so with racing i mean it's you have decades left where they're going to be combustion engines in my opinion maybe that I, will change no i think so i mean the they've got some of that e-racing going on um is it formula, e? formula I don't, e yeah, yeah. Do you watch some of that stuff i don't i have not yeah i don't get into it that much i don't know that i'd want to sit there and watch it it's right. not making a sound you just hear the tire noise <laughs> is all you hear right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I mean, you had the McLaren at one time. I did. Is that before the GT3 RS? It is. Okay. I mean, so so I had I had in here I had um, what did I have I had my wife's car. I had a um, I had the GT3 RS. I had the McLaren, and we had a John Deere Gator. So that I mean, it was <laughs> but it was like packed. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it was you had like a you know a couple inches, and they had to be in a certain direction. I uh, sent the McLaren back for service, and while it was getting serviced, I just kind of got the bug for the new GT3 RS and tracked down an allocation out of a place in New Jersey. So the while I waited for the car, the McLaren, which was over the winter, kind of stayed at the dealer, and the dealer ended up buying that car for me. And, and I do miss it, but it, it's McLaren does not have the reliability of a Porsche. I mean, stuff. Sure. Like it would go back for service, and you know, you'd have a laundry list. And fortunately, it had an extended warranty, but laundry list of stuff that was fixed on it. Yeah. And the Porsches are just absolutely bulletproof. I mean, you really can't break them. And maybe you have a different opinion. No, I think I the same opinion. I mean, they're unbelievable. And Donovan, you've seen them at the track. I yeah. mean, just. The sound of them too. I mean, I think that's oh, they're been, fantastic. That you've got the RS. I mean, what's your opinion? You've got the older nine on three turbo up here. You've got the RS, and I I hear this all the time that obviously they've gone to the turbo engine, right? And mo- and some of their stuff in the nine elevens. I mean, what's your opinion on you know some of the truest you know like oh that's not real a nine eleven because that's a turbo engine and it's you know the sound. But this has got a great sound. The RS it, does. It does. So it's. Maybe at some point the RS, from what I've read, the RS will will go turbo or it will go hybrid, which at least for mm-hmm. the 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 nine nine two generation they're not doing that. And yeah. it's you know it's kind of the horsepower war like with Ferrari when they went from the four five eight to four eighty eight and turbos. Yeah, I, I, I'd read that the Ferrari didn't really want to do that, but the 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 buyer wanted more power with every generation. Um, but I love the 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 four liter five hundred horsepower. Uh, 520 actually in this generation yeah. i mean it's it's and, and what they've done with the pdk transmission and and even the um like the traction control systems you know compared to like the 07 07 i just turned everything off but um these really don't intervene i mean it's so mild when it does intervene that it's not you know cutting out so that was even you know you talk about the purest aspect of like with ferrari and switching to you know turbo power and that kind of thing they kind of fought that battle at porsche too when they when they got away from the manual and went right. strictly pdk oh yeah big time well so they, they yeah. found that the buyer when they when they did the limited edition uh, 911r the mm-hmm. buyer really wanted a manual and, and from what i've read they say the rs will never be a manual because it's all about track time track time exactly yeah. but there's the engagement of driving that manual transmission is is uh really satisfying and it and i do miss it a little bit with this i was tempted back over the winter and you kind of think about selling stuff in the winter because you're not driving it and then when spring comes around you're like oh my gosh i can't sell it because this car is amazing but i was looking at uh, 2011 like john's old car 2011 2012 rs's yeah where it's a 3.8 and it's mm-hmm. 450 horsepower manual transmission it, it wouldn't be as fast it would be a step back as far as track times but just you got to drive it right there's no rear steer right. you've got to you know use the clutch this yeah. is this is like a you know video game it's close to it, yeah. I mean, John's car, which that's John Beasley. We're talking about. We're going to have him on at some mm-hmm. point. That I did a lot of coaching for, and yeah, his car was pretty raw. That came in. And right, it was a lot of fun to drive for me. I mean, it's just you had to uh, manually shift it, and you know, you had to really, really drive the car. It wasn't like okay, I'm just going to click a button and it's going to happen. Right. Which you and I, we were at VIR probably in fifteen, maybe fifteen or sixteen, and you you were up coaching John. Yeah, and then. Uh, John was driving the car, you were driving the car, and then I drove the car too. So yeah. 
he let me uh, utilize that. That was a great car. Yeah, and he rode with me, I think. I did. During, during I did. VIR, so. which, which I remember, and, you know, you were very selective on on who you ride with or track oh, yeah. time and yeah. what car you will drive and safety. Yeah. John's like, hey, you know, take Jeremy out there. And I could see, like, Owen's like, man, I really need a break. But but <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's hot at VIR. And, yeah. and Owen's this is middle con- of summer. Yeah, Owen's <laughs> concentration and the sweat. I mean, it, it was it's amazing that you could do long races because you could tell, even in our brief 20-minute period, how taxing that was on you. Oh, yeah. And it's I, I didn't have a cool shirt. And I think John, yeah, he had the cool shirt and stuff. So that sounds I right. Did, yeah. But you just had to sweat it out. I just sweated yeah. it out. I normally did that even in our races. I, I've got one now, but, you know. So I, I could ride with him and pick up probably two seconds just from seeing what he did differently and how you entered a turn or, you know, speed. Maybe you're carrying through the S's going uphill. Yeah. One of, one of the – I mean, I love that place. It's, I consider that my home track. I mean, what's some of the – because you're not doing a lot of – I mean, you're doing some driving, but – in a little bit at NCM, but I mean, what's a track that you sort of miss the most right now since you're not. Well, so I, I took this to Barber last year. Oh, did and you? I okay. love Barber yeah, yeah. and Barber. They just Barber Motorsports bar in Birmingham. They keep, they keep improving that facility. So every time you go, it's just, it's kind of magical. It's almost like Disney, right? Where they just yeah. the water features and the landscaping and the, the bridges that you walk over that are clear where you can see underneath. So I, and I, I will still, my intention is to, is to you know continue to go to NCM to go to Barber. Um, I've actually. Do you remember Tim Artist with the Z06? I think uh, I remember it was a, uh, a red and red, red and yeah, gray. I want to say yellow, red. but yeah, I probably remember it. Yeah. So he he, he has a fully um, track built, full cage Z06, and he wants me to do some events with him, like co-drive his car this year. And it's in in that bringing Truett with me you know, makes me a lot more receptive to it, or I can, you know, be gone Friday mm-hmm. through Sunday, and it's not like I'm losing precious Just time. time yeah, losing the weekend. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True, it's going with me, so I can go. Yeah, I love it. And he's <laughs> so <laughs> passionate about it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How can you argue that? I mean, you, yeah. can, you can't. Well, yeah. Pretty it, soon, he's well, he's probably the one that wants to do it. He does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just like the drives. We have different guys that want to get out and drive on Saturday morning, and maybe they meet up. We meet up at different locations for an hour, and people talk cars, and then we go out and drive back roads. And, you know, if it's been a busy week, especially in, I'm in the investment financial planning field, like in March, we had just yeah. so much turmoil in the markets, and I'm exhausted by Saturday. But, you know, true, it's like, man, you know, what, are we doing a drive today, Dad? So yeah. I'm up at 8 o'clock and, you know, going somewhere to meet and – you know, drive until 11, but, but I have to remind myself, those are just amazing memories and oh, precious yeah. times. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. That's what I've got a, my best friend in the world. Uh, I can remember that with his dad when uh, he had an old 76 Corvette. Um, and he actually graduated up into a Z06 and that kind of thing. But, uh, I'll never forget going out with him, you know, just for a drive. I'd make him take me instead of his son, you know, and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does, it, you know, you never forget those memories. You just don't. It's awesome. Well, you know, just like my, you know, throwback to the automobile magazine, right? And then <laughs> riding in that Mustang and doing donuts and just all those details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, Brant, just like the team Annie Rose drive, that he loves, like, being with his dad and being in a Ferrari. Oh, he loved that. that experience. That was so cool. I mean, because, I mean, Diamond knows me. I mean, my f- car of choice right now, or I don't have a sports car, that I've got in my garage, but I've got my old Jeep and I asked Ross to said, Ross only kind of like not exotic car I've got, but it's my Jeep. And he's like, Oh no, 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 you, you got to use my Ferrari. You'll be okay. <laughs> I'm like, Brandy, you okay with the Ferrari? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm good with the Ferrari. So he let yeah. us, you know, stay, it stayed in my garage for a night. And Brant was like, Oh, look at the Ferrari. <laughs> You know? So if you if you want to bring Brant down sometime, you can drive the RS and I'll drive the red car. Car, yeah, we'll go, we'll oh yeah, we need to yeah, together. Yeah, we'll we need to do that somewhere. Yeah, because he, he'd get a hoot out of that. Well, he, but both sons that. would love it and have good memories. Um, speaking of Truett, you know, as we get kind of close to wrapping it up, you've got a pretty cool car. It's got some history that he's going to drive when he finally does get his license. So when I, you know, going back to my college story with that 240SX, there was another buddy named Chandler that had a 95 240SX that his dad had given him as a high school graduation present. And Chandler kind of turned me into like Japanese tuning and what do they do in Japan? And his dad bought him like the Japanese car magazines. Um, so he had this car, he did some mild mods on it. He basically commuted to MTSU for a couple of years and drove it, put like 57,000 miles on it. And then back five years ago, Chandler had pancreatic cancer and passed away. But before he did, he sold me that car. And so it's a mint condition. 
95 Nissan 240 SX. Was that on purpose? I mean, did he, I mean, uh, he, he knowing me, that it, he, he did, yeah. he, he was afraid he might pass away. And he said, I, I wouldn't want my wife to have to sell it, sell it and deal with this. And, you know, would you give me $5,000 for it? I said, buddy, I'll give you whatever you want. So I bought that. And it's really cool because it's, you know, I was, I was, you know, 18, 19 years old riding in that car and, you know, modding it with Chandler. And so it's, I've held on to it and sure it's a few years away from driving it, but it's, it's um, don't have room for it here. Even though I've talked about putting a second, I was gonna say, second lift. Yeah. So Trit's on me about that. If you could put a second lift in there, Dad, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. come on, Dad. You know that's gonna have to happen because once he gets the car, oh, yeah, exactly. It's got to stay inside. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which my daughter's gonna start driving next year, and so I have plans to already expand our driveway, which will probably lead to more cars beyond <laughs> more cars. beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an great conversation right there appreciate the time jeremy it uh it's been a pleasure meeting you and seeing your garage inviting us into your garage here and having some great conversation yeah, it was cool yeah to catch up and uh, absolutely love it donovan owen michael thanks for putting this together great fun and knew when ever i'm around uh, owen we're gonna have good laughs right so. yeah we kept it we kept it sort of pg today we didn't, we didn't go that's right <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah jeremy i appreciate it uh taking the time out is we're kind of all quarantined a little bit and talk a little bit of cars and stuff and uh go check out i'm freaking fast.com right that's right. So yeah, we need to do something with that. Maybe I'll let you guys utilize it. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, so maybe we should use that. Maybe, maybe we should that's use that. Yeah, I own like every variation <laughs> of it. Yeah. He bought it. He bought it like right away because I, I was did, going through my text message. I was like, that's why I brought that up today. I'm like, oh yeah, you sent me the screenshot of that. I think it's due for renewal, so I need to. It's getting close. That's right. Because it was a year. It was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good man. Well, thanks for joining us today on Driving Life, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.